little Huey Lewis here on the Bible and Business After Hours. This is a part of the podcast that you won't hear on the radio, but you will hear it here at MyFaithRadio.com as well as BibleAndBusiness.com. And we have Melissa Dyke with us uh, from the Bell Bank in Bloomington, Minnesota. You're the vice president of... I'm blanking. Vice President of Business Development. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't get that right. It's such a long title. I know it's easy to forget pieces of it. But I did want to spend some time talking with you about the uh, the core risks that are that are mitigated with proper cash management and and payments fraud is a big one. Tell us about payments fraud and why business owners should be concerned about this. Well, according to the last study, the AFP Payments Fraud and Control Study, we had about 550 respondents to this study. And these are all business owners responding or CFOs? Business owners responding or CFOs, yeah. Okay. Companies, right? Companies, yeah. Um, 75% of those companies that responded were targets of payments fraud. Wow. Only 14% of those organizations that experienced payments fraud did not have a financial loss. Ouch. Yeah. So for 25% of those that did, the potential fraud loss was anywhere in the range of 25000 to 249999 Good heavens. You could see a $4 million business has a payment fraud of 150000 That could That could put them in a turnaround situation. Exactly. And then of those, uh, 29% of organizations experienced fraud losses of 250000 or more. Good heavens. So um, that should grab your attention. Right. Yeah, grabs I mean, mine. And and of those um, of those payment fraud targets, seventy five percent check was still the target, right? And so, whenever you write out a check, that account number, routing number is right on there. Fraudsters are are pretty sophisticated and can easily make a counterfeit check with a laser printer. Really? Yes. And so, it is something that I think um, you should be aware of. And there's ways that you can hedge your risk against that with some services that a bank can offer. Um, one of those being whenever you write out a check, uh-huh. you can send the bank a file saying, hey, you know, I intended to issue this check. If anything is outside of that, please notify me so that I can make a pay no pay decision. Wow. So uh, is there software out there that I could go buy? If I got your check, I could scan it, and the software would allow me just to reproduce that check with different check numbers, and I could just start writing checks and signing and that kind of thing. You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not aware of a software that's, you know, out there, but it could exist. Um, you know, I think once once you have the laser printer and some check stock, it's very easy to duplicate that. I had an instance where, um, you know, a customer of mine, they're headquartered in the outside of the metro area and they outsource their payroll to ADP, right? So they're not writing out any payroll checks. Well, in one of our branches in the Twin Cities, somebody comes in to cash payroll check from ABC Company. Right. And we don't typically get those employees from ABC Company cashing checks. So it, it set off some, some red flags, but the teller followed their proper rules, got an I, you know, an ID that matched the person standing in front of them, matched the payee name, even checked to see if, if the check was within the sequence, the number sequence. Uh-huh. And it was. Uh, so they cash the check and, and, you know, the, they're on their merry way. All of a sudden, within an hour, another employee or two is coming from ABC company to cash payroll check. So at the end of the day, um, they got a hold of me. I got a hold of the controller and they're saying, no, 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 we didn't issue these checks. So bank follows proper procedure. 
customer is unaware that, you know, their checks have been stolen, you know, stolen and compromised. Their account's been compromised. And about $8,000 in cash had walked out the door. Wow. So, you know, the, the, it adds up to real dollars. And at the end of the day, uh, the Uniform Commercial Code, right, which governs banks, will state that a business needs to do their due diligence to protect their account. Well, they consider some of the fraud prevention tools that we offer as due diligence. You know, so as a business owner, you could be held liable for a fraudulent item clearing your account if you were unaware. Now, is so, that a criminal liability or a tort? Finan- it, the financial loss it's, of it. It's just the financial, the financial loss, loss of, of it. Exactly. Okay, so, so there are some situations, apparently, where if I'm not leveraging the cash management services of a bank, the bank is going to say, look, we had these services. Mm-hmm. Uh, by not using them, you didn't do your due diligence, so we're not on the hook for this, in this case, $8,000. Yeah. Wow. So is there insurance that a a business owner should buy and what kind of insurance would it be? Yeah, from a from a bank's perspective, I would consider positive pay the service that I was describing to you kind of like an insurance policy, because what that's going to do is catch the fraudulent item before it hits. Okay. right. Because let's think through that process. You have a fraudulent item that clears your account. Now you're stuck. Okay, you don't know where. Where the fraud, you know, where the fraud happened, how it was compromised, where it was compromised. So you shut down that account, open up a new account, order new check stock. Oh, there's that's a, a lot horrible of, experience. yeah, there's a lot of productivity no, that's lost. That. So if you have the service that's going to catch this item before it actually posts, really not at risk as much. And but, you don't have to shut down your account and open up a new account. But in this situation, the 8,000 is gone. I mean, that's cash out the door. Mm-hmm. Does the business owner have to cover that? Does the bank cover that through your insurance? What happens there? The, you know, I think it's on a case-by-case basis. In that situation, we made a, um, a judgment call to re- re- recover the cost that for the bank chose to pay for that. Okay. Um, we weren't legally obligated to. Okay. It was just a relationship decision that we made to do so. Um, but... There are insurance policies, you know, and I would talk to your commercial insurance agent about it a little closer, but they do have various riders and policies that, you know, could protect a business owner against some financial losses when fraud occurs, whether that's check fraud, maybe, you know, there was a cybersecurity breach or something like that. Um, but those questions are, it's, it gets very complicated. <laughs> on what they will and will not cover so i would i would recommend talking to a commercial insurance agent on that piece and so but but the big the big message here is uh just leverage some of the basic cash management services at your bank to lower your risk yes uh to these um uh eventualities happening and as a result, maybe nobody will ever have to deal with this either at the bank or within your company. Exactly. Yeah. And part of that, too, is there's, you know, check fraud is only one piece. There's a lot of business email compromise I was going to ask about out. that. Tell yes. us about this business email compromise. What is that? Well, it's, um, you know, the FBI defines it as a sophisticated scam targeting businesses working with foreign suppliers and businesses that regularly perform wire transfer payments. Right. So I think it can be bigger. But in an instance um, that happened with one of our customers, I can give you an example. Um, it was actually their So ABC company, right? Their vendors email is hacked. A fraudulent invoice is sent out to ABC customer. It's within the normal range and request of doing business with them. So ABC customers pay payables person sends the wire. 
to a fraudulent for to you know responding to a fraudulent request. But wouldn't they notice a difference in the SWIFT code, the account code, all that? Wouldn't the payables person? Wouldn't that be a an internal control that you would say if we're doing a lot of wire transfers here and this information changes, don't pay it until you verify it. That's a good point, Bill. Yeah, I mean people have it's becoming more and more important that you do some sort of callback. Okay. But it's not completely common or required. Right. Oh, okay, and so sure. if it's a if it's a regular request, it doesn't seem out of the ordinary from a dollar perspective. People change banks or they have multiple accounts. And so if it's a, if it's a different account number, I guess I don't necessarily know that that would set off a red flag. Right. Right. I guess you, not, you know? especially if you've been doing business with this for years and years yeah, and years. Yeah. And so I, I think you just have to really be skeptical on some some of the requests that come over and do everything you can to instill that healthy skepticism within your employees that it's it's okay to pick up the phone and call somebody if wiring instructions do change um always pick up the phone and call um but at the end of the day I was a I think the wire was for right around $70,000. Good heavens, that's so, a lot of money. That is a lot of money. You know and and I I meet so many Christian business owners who are just so trusting of their accounting staff and and the things that go on with their accounting staff, and I have I have been in a in a in a boardroom with a Christian business owner who was just weeping and pounding his fist. Why did I trust? And he said her name. She cost him seven hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. That his business it took over ten years for his business to recover from, and uh, it was because they trusted. And, uh, you know, uh, Christian business owners hire other Christians and they think that because they're Christian, they're inherently trustful. And my message is uh, go ahead and trust, but verify and verify with tight controls and don't think that your employees are beyond uh, temptation or they're beyond doing things that are nefarious just because they belong to Christ doesn't mean that they can't do other things like that. Seventy thousand dollars is a lot of money. It is. And, you know, another thing, too, is when you're a small business, you don't always have uh, multiple people to have those checks and balances in yeah. place. And so that's an objection that I get often is, hey, we're small. We don't have the staff to, you know, have one person get the checks, you know, get all the checks ready and another person sign them and approve them before they go out, as an example. Um, but you, you kind of have to think about the consequences of what happens if you don't do that. Boy, it, it's so so important to think about that. So important to build it into your regular processes, and then and then you don't have to. I shouldn't say you don't have to think about it again, but you don't have to think about it every day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, part of part of uh, following what um, Solomon talked about in Proverbs, where he says, and I'm going to open up my Bible here real quick, where he says. Uh, to know the condition of your flocks and give careful attention to your herds. Part of this is implementing the systems that can surface both health and dysfunction about your business. And in the cash management area, partnering with a bank seems like a pretty good idea uh, so that you can know the condition of your cash at any given time and you can know that the transactions are valid, that they're being done correctly, payments are coming in quickly, easily, um, and your uh, payables going out are just for the amounts that you need to pay, and they're not fraudulent. Yeah. And, you know, there's things that are completely free that you can take advantage of, and one of them is is to leverage the experience of your banker to help, you know, 
kind of think through some of the things that have hurt other business owners so that it doesn't happen to you. So having a good relationship with your bank and being able to trust your banker, I think, is is one of the most important things that you can do for your business. We could probably do an entire show on how to trust your banker (laughs) and and how to build a good relationship with your banker. Because in almost every turnaround situation that we're in, the business has like a two arms length transaction with their banker. They got their line of credit. They got their checking account. Now, banker, get out of here and don't talk to me until I got a knew my line of credit, right? And maybe they got a mortgage and some other things, but uh, they're not talk. They're not seeing their banker as an ally. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you well know, the bankers are always the last ones to know about something that's going wrong or going south in a business. Yeah. You're the last one to know. Yeah. And really, you guys should be one of the first ones because you have products and services and abilities to help these businesses that uh, that. The accountant doesn't have, the lawyer doesn't have, even a consultant like myself doesn't have. Uh, you guys uh, really could uh, help a small business get turned around and get going. Yeah, we're here to help. Yeah, I know. I I love Bell Bank. I love you, Melissa. <laughs> right back uh, at you, Bill. Thanks. <laughs> so Melissa Dyke, the Vice President of Cash Management and Business Development at Bell Bank. Uh, how can they get a hold of you if they wanted just to email you? What's your email address? It's mdyke. D-E-I-K-E at bellbanks.com. Bellbanks, plural. Bell bl- yep, bellbanks, plural.com. Or if you can go to our website, you can go to the Find a Bell Expert, and you will see me there, and all my contact information is listed along with some of my hobbies. And all your glory. You're, That's you're right. On, you're on the website. A picture huh? of yours truly will be on there, too. <laughs> well, good. So come find me. Hey, thanks for coming in today. And Thanks doing for this. having me. And thank you for listening to The Bible and Business. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm Bill English. You can email me, bill at bibleandbusiness.com. And thanks to Paul Perot for producing our show today. Uh, you're listening to The Bible and Business on Faith Radio and bibleandbusiness.com. Have a good day.